0: Oh, shit. It's the coin toss. One surprise topic off the rip. Two sides of a coin. Let's get it. And uh, startup season-themed coin tosses are going to continue being a theme. I've been enjoying them. So let's do it again. I'm on the clock, and I'm between these two wide receivers. But first, Trey, heads or tails?
1: Heads. Oh, well, that's gone. Uh, We're going to go with (laughs) heads. All right. Give me the ball, then. Let's do it. All right.
0: Uh, those two wide receivers are Michael Pittman and Keenan Allen.
1: Okay. in a startup, in a straight startup. up, uh, give me Michael Pittman. All right. This is a guy who I've really come a- around on this offseason. I think he uh, officially broke out last year, and now it is a Pittman world, and we're all living in it. I think Allen's going to be good, but you know we're starting to see a shift in is Allen even going to be the number one guy next year in LA? Like, I mean, Mike Williams is going ahead of him in some uh, best ball drafts right now. So it's starting to shift a little bit in LA. Whereas I think in in Indianapolis, there's no doubt you get the huge age advantage with Pittman too. Uh, I like Pittman there. John, you have
0: Keenan Allen ahead of Michael Pittman in your ranks. Are you going to stand your ground?
2: Yeah, I I think so. Uh, So this is a guess, but I'm I'm thinking if you're choosing between these two, that's probably round four or five in the startup. Does that sound right to you? That sounds about right. Okay, right. So it's probably not your wide receiver one in most instances, probably, probably looking at your wide receiver two. Um, and I think if we look at Keenan Allen, 150 targets the last couple of years here uh, still connected to Justin Herbert. And he's he's not even that old. He's what is he? He's going to be. Uh, he's getting there. Sorry. He
1: turns thirty this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's 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 get he's approaching thirty, right? But he was still a wide receiver one last year in PPR. He was wide receiver eleven. Mike Williams, wide receiver number twelve, which is interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think he's guaranteed to produce at least next year. I'm guessing the next two years. So. I get the appeal to Michael Pittman, but he hasn't done it yet. And I'm pretty sure Keenan Allen's going to do it again because he gets the targets from Justin Herbert. So I guess it's it's really a judgment call. Do you want to go for the upside or do you want to go for basically a sure thing? And I think in this instance, my wide receiver 2 I'm going to take Keenan Allen. Yeah, he's a sure thing.
1: All right, John, do you mean that for real, for real?
2: Well, you know me, I, I get rookie fever and he's, he's a lot younger, so he's I probably honest, would He's favorite go. team
1: too,
0: don't forget, John
1: the Chargers fan. Oh, that's right, I did forget.
2: Well, you know, I, 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 I our listeners need to know that I have like a hundred percent roster ship of Mike Williams, so it, <laughs> this would have been a lot more interesting question for me if you had said Mike Williams instead of uh, Keenan Allen, but yeah, I probably would go Pittman, I probably would go youth in, in a startup
1: if we're being honest. I mean the fact that you like were reading out the stats and was like, "Oh, Keenan Allen, wide receiver 11, Pittman, wide receiver 12." Oh, oh, I fucked up in real time. <laughs> no,
2: no, it was Mike Williams was wide uh, receiver okay. 12.
1: Okay, well, clearly I was listening closely.
2: Pittman was wide receiver 17 though, wide receiver 17, which is pretty dang close to wide receiver yeah. 11. There I mean, was there was for not a, guy a big who's
1: like 6 years younger. Right.
2: There was not yeah. a big difference between them. And you you know, he is getting he's getting worse quarterback. Uh Matt Ryan is not as good as Carson Wentz. Many quarterbacks aren't. Oh,
1: God. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Hard no on that.
0: What the fuck is going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Long Game Dynasty podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about Dynasty fantasy football. I'm your host today, Mitch Yates, at Marls in Charge. With me, Trey Cryan, John Alexander. What's up, guys?
1: What's up? Man, you are not our fearless leader, but I am excited for the Mitch episode. I think it's going to be a good one, guys. And uh, just in case anybody is curious, a big shout out to our normal fearless leader. Uh, Tarek uh, defended his thesis today, and uh, big congrats to him, because that's been a long time coming. So... Much love, buddy. Way it, to go.
2: We're looking forward to having Dr. Tarek on on the on the long game again uh, with his new and improved knowledge. I feel like, you know, maybe we're like the Wizard of Oz. We're the party. We're going and he just got his brain. So proud of him. I can't wait to get my heart.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to the doctor inspired fantasy name. So I'm hoping he comes up with something creative over there.
0: Basically, he's going to learn. And uh, Doctor T's gonna step his game up. We're gonna miss you, man. And I'm gonna do my best. I got some big Doctor shoes to fill. So uh, <laughs> let's let's get into this content, guys. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. So what we're doing? This is part three of our division series preview, in which we aim to talk about every dynasty relevant player. Last week we did the AFC East, so check out episode fifty-seven if you haven't yet. But this week we are going over to the NFC South. So we're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons today. Uh, Let's get the quarterback started. Quarterback Marcus Mariota. He is 34 on keep trade cut. The presumptive starter after serving backup duties to David Carr over the past couple years on the Raiders. And then we got Desmond Ritter, quarterback 28. Rookie quarterback selected in the third round from Cincinnati. And let's talk about these two together. Judging by the market, it's a foregone conclusion that Ritter is going to take over at some point this year. Am I reading that correctly? Trey, how are you valuing this quarterback room?
1: Yeah, so based on those keep trade cut rankings with Ritter at quarterback 28 and Mariota at quarterback 34, it does seem like the market is expecting Ritter to get some playing time this year. And I think that that's probably a safe bet. We really haven't seen Marcus Mariota start a full game since week 15 of 2020 when he was playing for the Raiders uh against LA. He did have a really good stat line that day. He had 226 yards passing for a touchdown to go with 88 yards on the ground and a touchdown on the ground as well for 25.8 fantasy points. So not bad at all, but that n equals one data point, I don't think it's enough <laughs> for us to, you know, throw a lot of money in the uh, the Mariota well. So, I do think he's probably going to give you some usable weeks this year, but I don't think he has a starter uh, potential like outcome in the NFL. Like I don't think he's got a future like leading a team besides Atlanta for partially this season as a starter. So he's a hold for me and and for Ritter. I just think we, we got to remember that the hit rates on these rookie quarterbacks that are drafted in the third round is extremely low. So when these guys slipped that far on draft day, like they should have slipped just as far in all of our rankings. So I was higher on Ritter than you guys were during the rookie process. I liked his rushing upside. I think we'll see a little bit of that uh, during this season, but I wouldn't necessarily tell you to sell Ritter now if you've already got him on your squad. I think he's going to get playing time this year. So I think he's a hold for now. And then, yeah, I think probably a good time to sell him would be right before uh, the, you know, Atlanta announces he's going to be the starter at some point uh, this season, because I don't see him as a long term option. But I do think he's got a value jump in his future. And you can probably time that for a good selling window.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's the key there is that you you, you hold on to him, but you, you got to unload him because the Falcons have got to be high, high probability of taking a quarterback in the next draft. So I'm not valuing either of these guys very hard, highly in the long run.
1: And you, you could argue the same thing for Mariota, too. Like, hold on to both of them for now. I think mm-hmm. both of them will probably see a value jump during the season and you can probably flip them then in the first month or so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, Trey. So. If you think, and I was going to ask you this on the hold in regards to Marcus Mariota, if you think Marcus Mariota is only going to get you four to like seven starts for the rest of his career, wouldn't the time be sooner than later to try and flip him? Because we don't even know that he is a slam dunk to start the season out the gates as a starter.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, let's remember like his price right now is pretty low, right? So it's not like you're going to get a whole bunch in return. And, you know, right now there is some upside in the fact that he is going to be a better fantasy quarterback than he will a real life quarterback, right? Like it's kind of like the Jalen Hurts situation where he's going to run the ball. He's going to get you those, those points with his legs. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to show enough on the field to hang on to his starting job.
0: I actually did read today that uh, there are going to be more designed runs for Marcus Mariota. And I just kind of shook my head like they're going to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a good idea. It's tough.
1: It's tough because there's some great offensive weapons on this team. So he's surrounded by some good talent. uh, But I don't know that they're necessarily going to set him up for success for sure.
0: That Cordero Patterson read option with Marcus Mariota. Oh, Mm -hmm. we'll see, man. Uh, Let's go ahead. Let's move to the running backs. Uh, Cordero Patterson, the classic case of the nine year breakout. So he has that running back wide receiver designation for your fantasy roster. And he was impressive last year. Just turned 31, though. And in Dynasty, when you just turn 31, it's usually time to cash out, take your money and go home. But He's at running back 52 on keep trade cut, and that indicates to me that the window for cutting and running may be closed until further notice. And then we got Damian Williams, interesting addition here, Uh, could be my early candidate to take over for the Mike Davis role left vacant. Uh, Whether that translates to fantasy points remains to be seen. And then we got Tyler Algier, the rookie fifth round pick out of BYU and seems like a lot of fantasy managers are betting on Algier to be the guy to win that early down role. Uh, how are we feeling about that? John, help us parse through this RB room.
2: Well, uh, to me, it's interesting because Patterson ended up as running back nine overall. And, you know, I think the conception is that that was all uh, off of his receiving. But in reality, he only had uh, a nice number of targets, 69 targets, and he had uh, 52 receptions, which wasn't like significantly more and in some instances less than the running backs that finished around him. So I think there's a pathway for Patterson to still be the starting running back for this team. Um, he got a lot of the receiving work early, but then eventually he kind of turned into more of a, tra- a traditional running back instead of like a wide receiver in the backfield. So I think I would probably value, at least for this season, Patterson as the run, the first running back on this team. Um, but that being said, uh, it, in situa- we've seen situations like this over the years. And I think uh, Trey has often said that in these situations, you just you take as many lotto tickets as you can and see which one works out. And I think all of the running backs you just mentioned are pretty cheap. You could probably get all three of them for a third, I imagine.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily, you know, take multiple bets on this backfield. But I do think uh, Patterson is probably slightly undervalued right now if his uh, keep trade cut ranking is down in the 50s. Yeah, I've got him about 10 spots higher in my personal rank just because I do think he he's going to give you uh, usable weeks. Uh, he can be a week fill in for your contending roster. So you don't I don't think he's going to be an RB one like he was last year, no. but he can be, you know, productive in that RB two range. And like I said, give you some, some fill-ins when you guys uh, have guys go down with injury or bye weeks or whatever. Out of the other two, I do think Tyler Algier is interesting. I think he showed some, you know, competence in college and like a really nice production profile at BYU slipping to the fifth round. Isn't great. And we know he's not like an elite plus athlete, but you know, if they trust him in pass pro and they trust him to get the early down work, then. He could fill in and provide some really nice return on where he's gone right now, too.
0: But those are big ifs to me. And if I gotta pick one of these guys, Cordero Patterson's it for me because he's in my opinion, money in the bank to fill out that last flex spot, especially if you're rolling in a league with like three flex players that are starting. And in a in a startup, he's definitely a guy that I'm considering just Above market, I, I have to be keep trade cut fifty two. That's that's just off. That's off in my book too. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there. I, I don't know if I would sell Cordero Patterson for a third. I know, John, you mentioned you'd buy these guys for a third, but yeah, yeah, I think for it'd sure. take a little bit more than that for me.
2: Well, yeah, I think he was the going rate was a second la at the uh, mid point last season at his height, um, but. A uh, second, I, I don't think, I, I definitely would not try to get him on my roster for a second. I, uh,
1: that just seems like yeah, bad business to me. It's kind of like a me. stalemate right now. Kind yeah. of a hold. He's a hold. It's funny because Atlanta is one of those backfields where we've been, you know, mocking rookie uh, top end running backs now for two years mm-hmm. and they haven't really taken the bait. Uh, so maybe next year in a loaded running back class, uh, this is the year that we see, you know, all these other guys get wiped out by a first or second round rookie. So I can see it happening. You hear that, Atlanta? Maybe next year.
0: <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's switch gears to wide receivers, or I guess I should say wide receiver, Drake London. <laughs> at the top, it's London and nothing else in this wide receiver room. Uh, and he's flying really high right now, too. Wide receiver 12 on Keep Trade Cut. Going ahead of dudes like Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, and startups. Ridiculous. And uh, whether or not we agree with this ranking... This is the price you have to pay to get London on your roster. So this has resulted in me personally coming out of startup season with exactly zero shares, thanks to being priced out. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, since the rest of the wide receiver room is complete ass, let's talk about Drizzy. Uh, What's the best course of action if your heart is set on acquiring Drake London, Trey?
1: if your heart is set on getting Drake London, then you better have a super high pick in your rookie draft. Cause uh, (laughs) I mean, if that's how high he's going to go in a startup, like there's absolutely no way I would take a rookie Drake London over guys like DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson or Tyreek Hill. Like he he was a super strong prospect and I even moved him up to number one overall over Burks at the receiver position. Yeah. When he went at number eight overall in the draft, I, I figured, okay. Yeah. I mean, top 10 pick, Sure, let's let's slide him up there in that tier, but he's not Jamar Chase. Or like we've been spoiled by these incredible rookies the last two years. Like that should not be our expectation with Drake London at all. Go with the guys that you know are good that are co- going to command volume. Guys like DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson. That's a no brainer to me. But anyway. I- I I think he's a a good value even as high as like 102 in your rookie uh, superflex draft. I would even take him over uh, Kenneth Walker the third, but um, no, I would not take him over those other guys in the startup.
2: John, how about you? No, uh, well, I'll I'll just say that it, it, in a comment that you said <laughs> there's no other wide receivers. Brian Edwards is there now, oh, and he is not dead. Don't do
0: this yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, it's it's interesting to me because um, probably the most interesting conversation we could have is the guy who's not going to be playing this year, and that's Calvin Ridley. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, so like, if there's any guy on this depth chart, um, Drake London, Brian Edwards, Auden Tate, a whole bunch of nobodies after that, one guy that I feel like, yeah, I could maybe spend something to try and get on my ro- roster, and that would be Calvin Ridley. Uh, I'm not really... Interested, like I'm not going to pay the price for Drake London. Like this is the worst time to try and get a rookie. Is right now, uh, he's going to get double covered all his seasons. So the best time to get him is probably in a year after he has a letdown year because they're going to tank their way to 1.01. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you could reasonably make an argument for going after Cal- Calvin Ridley right now, and this is probably the best time to try and do something like that.
0: I can make one one reason for going and getting Calvin Ridley because I I've been low. On him, And in the past, I've even stated that who knows if he's even going to come back and be any good by the time he's back. He's going to be like 29. But uh, John and I recently took over a very, very bad orphan team, and it's going to take a couple years to recover. And that would be the occasion. If you're going super hard on the rebuild mode, then why not take a stab at Calvin Ridley? But that's the only, only way that I'm making a play there. And what would the price even be though? That's, that's the question a second, because I think that's about as far as I'm willing to go.
1: Yeah. I, I'd have to look at uh keep trade cut just for reference. Uh, but you might be able to on like during your rookie draft, you might be able to get them for like a high third at this point, depending on who's on the clock. So um that's that's probably good value i do think that he got you know turfed a little bit too hard uh when he got suspended for the year so i do think that you know market is going to correct itself there so there's probably value to be had with ridley but uh you know i'm also a dude who got burned by him in multiple leagues so it uh it stinks for sure all right did you want to make a case for brian edwards (laughs) <laughs> did
0: you want to do that
2: <laughs> i mean they they did trade for him but they didn't trade much um and you know i've taken many many flyers on him and i i'm hoping for the best but i mean that's what's, just what's hope. the
0: price of the flyer i i sold brian edwards in one league for i think the 11th pick in the third round and i was like taking a victory lap
2: well 12 months ago i gave up um uh, damian harris to trey to get brian edwards i wouldn't pay that much now uh you know if you can get him for a third then yeah but i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend doing anything other than that
0: all right moving on kyle pitts tight end the god i guess last year in our divisional preview we mentioned pitts would be the tight end number one overall so we advised you to beat the market and plug him directly into the one spot and i think that aged nicely uh but now that he's firmly entrenched in that one spot where do we go from here? Are we expecting him to take a leap forward? Uh are we holding on tight if we got shares expecting a king uh expecting a king's ransom? Uh where are we taking him in a startup? John, help me out here.
2: And this one this one hurts me because I was all aboard the Kyle Pitts train last year and I never ended up with a share and I still don't have him on any roster. So I do think about this question occasionally. Where where should he be taken in a startup? And um, what would I pay to try and get him on my roster? But um, the conclusion I've come to is like, we've been doing a lot of uh, two quarterbacks, super flex. And I think reasonably in tight end premium, he's, he's the first, you could take him in the first round. I'm not necessarily advising doing that, but you could reasonably do that. Um, maybe after all the first five or six quarterbacks are gone. Uh, the, the lowest I think I've seen him go is the second round. So if you don't nab him in the first two rounds of a startup, then he's not going to be on your roster, which is why he's never on my roster. Uh, But in order to try and acquire him to get him on your roster, like, what's, what's the price now? Like, it seems like I can't negotiate anything less than three first round picks at this point. Like it's it's insane value. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, and, and there's a there's a tier of guys who are non-quarterbacks that are going in the first round. And I definitely think Kyle Pitts belongs in that tier. So that right. includes the top running back, Jonathan Taylor, and it includes the the top two receivers, right? Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. and Jamar Chase. So I absolutely think Kyle Pitts belongs in that conversation. I do think that it's worth considering if a guy like Mark Andrews potentially presents more value this season because he's probably going to outscore Kyle Pitts in a much better offense like straight up and you know he's he's not that much older like he's they both mm-hmm. have a, a lot of career ahead of them too so i mean i i'm not going to slander <laughs> Kyle Pitts but i do think Mark Andrews is maybe closer to that number 1 spot than you know we've maybe suggested it on this pod in the past
0: I feel like the keys to a trade to get Kyle Pitts is having one of those tier two tight ends or tier three and some picks mm-hmm. because I, that's the only way that the manager is going to be considering that. I don't think like three first round picks is just completely unreasonable. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Anthony Ferkser, Titan to Titan connection. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> The uh, the quarterback room is not an XFL team, but it does have Sam Darnold at quarterback 40, Golden Matt Corral, quarterback 33, and Peach Walker, not even in keep trade cut. But I do have an anecdote. John and I picked up an orphan one QB team, and uh, they were rostering Paige Walker. So I did want to ask you guys, is he even worth rostering in a two quarterback league? No. No, I don't, I don't them think today. So yeah not after they drafted Matt Corral, all right, so old Sam McDonald and Golden Matt Corral they're entrenched in that gross quarterback competition. no matter which guy wins d j Moore loses, so fucking figure it out, Carolina <laughs> Trey, can you give me any good reasons to invest in these quarterbacks here, and if so, when would be the appropriate time in a startup?
1: So I'm definitely not going to tell you to invest in Sam Darnold. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, I mean, compared to the quarterbacks we just talked about, I think it's actually a similar situation to Atlanta, right? You've got a uh, guy who has lost his job with his original team and now bounced around the league competing with a rookie who just was drafted in the third round. So no, I don't think Sam Arnold or (laughs) Sam Arnold, Sam Darnold presents the same upside as a guy like Mariota. He doesn't have that rushing upside uh, we saw him just absolutely flounder last year. So I don't I wouldn't recommend spending any sort of draft pick or trade equity in Sam Darnold whatsoever. But Matt Corral is interesting to me. I think similar to Ritter, we don't need to have high expectations for him because he was drafted in third round. And I would rather have Ritter straight up. Uh, but you know, Corral can get it done with his legs too. He doesn't have the same upside, but he can get it done. So I think that there's a holding opportunity here. And we'll see his value jump during the season, and that's when I think the sell window would open up with Matt Corral. So if you can get in now before he takes that jump, then it might be a good idea to do so if he's on the board.
2: I I I think uh, Corral's definitely the best quarterback on that roster right now. But I'm also afraid that the Panthers are really stupid and they've got the sunk cost fallacy, and they've <laughs> they've they've given so much. If only they would take Trey's advice and not trade any capital to acquire Sam Darnold. Uh, they, they've invested so much well, and so I'm afraid. John, I'm
1: sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, man, but I don't see any way Sam Darnold starts a full 17 games. For him. I'm, I'm going to
0: ask you guys, how many games is Sam Darnold going to start? Like over under on seven? I, I mean, the answer could be zero. <laughs> like I'll take the under I, on that's seven. That's acceptable. Like I, I, I'll take the under I three games. Three games is is my if I gotta pick a number.
2: He wasn't even that many the last season, was he?
0: Like <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know, man. It's it's not good. It's it... well, so, it's gonna
2: at some point where the conversation is going to be: Is Matt Rule going to lose his job? And when that happens, that that's when Sam Darnold's going to lose his job. Well, I think. he he knows
0: that his ass is like on the hot seat, right? So you you'd think that Golden Corral is going to be the guy. Yeah, honestly. I, I honestly
2: yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, he is the better quarterback. Like, just from playing in the SEC, he is legitimately better than Sam Darnold. So we'll, we'll see. I,
0: we'll see soon. That, that that situation's gonna resolve itself. Uh, honestly, like, if there's some preseason games, I might poke my eyes, poke my eyes. Yeah, I, I I'll probably be poking my eyes out, but uh, peek my eyes on to uh, that game. I, I want to see how many picks these guys throw in preseason.
2: It's
1: yeah. going to be a few. <laughs> and we, we we do need to mention before we move on to, to Christian McCaffrey here, they did bring in Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they are really not setting up these quarterbacks for success.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's move on to running backs. Christian McCaffrey, who has been suffering heavily from the injury bug bites. He's down to running back six on keep trade cut. And it's been a while since we've seen the guy. Ten total games played out of the possible 32 in the last seasons. Uh, not great, but when he plays, he's still Christian fucking McCaffrey. In the uh, five full games he played in 2021, he put up 23.4 points a game. And in 2020, the three games that McCaffrey played, he averaged 30.1 points a game. And Man. when I typed that up into the show document, I went to my ranks and I bumped CMC back up to running back two from running back four and put him where he belongs. And John, you should too. Uh, he's at running back five in your ranks. So come at me, bro. Yeah, I
2: mean he's, I think what's likely to happen is when he does play that we'll see that result. But I think he's going to ultimately have a reduced role. They just they ran him in the ground like he had too many touches and his body couldn't withstand it. So he's not going to have that many touches this year, even if he's healthy. They're just they can't afford to do that to him. Uh, so I've got him at running back five because I think his ceiling is still very, very high for when he does play. Uh, but I don't expect him to ever approach the seasons that you were just referring to. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's still Christian McCaffrey. He's not even at Those that were old.
0: the last seasons.
2: The seasons where he was far and away the number right. one player in, right. uh, in all of dynasty. So like that's come and gone and it's not coming back.
1: And John, to that point, I, even if we don't project him to get 100% of the workload that he used to get, which was, you know, like 30 touches a game yeah, or whatever, I still I still think 80% of that opportunity can give you an RB1 overall performance out of Christian McCaffrey. Like the talent is there. It's uh, There's not a whole lot of other options in that offense besides DJ Moore. So the ball's got to go somewhere. Yeah. I think he's going to see tons and tons of volume, even though they're, they're going to have to manage his workload somewhat now coming off these injuries. So yeah, I, I think he's going to still be top 10 in the league in terms of volume. And that's probably good enough for a top three overall season this year in fantasy. So yeah, Mitch, I agree with you. He's my number two running back still for uh, dynasty. So right on right, right there with you.
0: I guess Tarek remains partial sometimes, but that's not really my shit. So, you know, let's keep this party <laughs> going. Let's talk no, about I, it. I like,
2: I like that. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's uh, let's keep this party going. Let's uh, let's talk about the running backs uh, behind Christian McCaffrey. We got Chuba Hubbard and we got Deonta Foreman. They are ranked running back 58 and 68, respectively. I will not remain impartial. I have Deonta Foreman ahead. Uh, Trey, though, why don't you help us out with these two?
1: Yeah, Mitch, I think I might uh need to go update my ranks too because I think I agree with you on that. Uh you know, even though Foreman is 3 years older than Hubbard, if you look at the efficiency metrics for last year, uh Foreman uh outperformed Chuba in his uh total yards per carry as well as his yards per route run, and he didn't get a ton of volume in the passing game, but I mean, he still put up 2.67 yards per route run, which is, you know, really good for a receiver. I think it's not bad at all for a running back, so yeah, maybe Hubbard has a slight, slight edge and breakaway run rate, which you know we would expect because of you know his former uh, you know track, uh um, <laughs> varsity track athlete, you know profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, it's not enough to make a difference in my mind. I think Foreman is is the preferred backup, and if anything were to happen to McCaffrey, I think Foreman's going to be the guy who's going to get the majority of the work in that backfield.
0: I I just. I didn't really like what I saw in Hubbard last year. I think, from a tape perspective, Foreman just blows him out of the water. And he's, I, th- I think they're going to carve out more of a role for Foreman, more of a thumper role anyway, as where Chuba, I believe, is going to remain as the backup running back to Christian McCaffrey. John, any thoughts on that?
2: Well, I thought Chuba started off like right when McCaffrey was in, initially injured. Like, Chuba was he was good. Like he was, you could play him in your flex, but he got progressively worse as the season went yeah. off. And that's, that was the alarm bell to me. Um, so, you know, he kind of, he kind of got into his sophomore slump early and, um, uh, you know, sometimes players recover from that, but many don't. So, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting any stock in Chuba right now. Uh, he went the, he, he did not progress as the season went on. So that's, that's a big red flag for me. Yeah.
0: Agreed. All right. Moving on wide receivers. DJ Moore. I've been a DJ Moore stan since the third grade. No. I had a fucking DJ Moore lunchbox and everything, and (laughs) it's weird because I'm seven years older than him, but sometimes you recognize greatness early, so he just signed a three-year extension to remain in quarterback hell, uh, testing the patience of even the biggest DJ Moore stands like myself. But he's only 25, and uh, I got to ask, though, is he ever going to ascend to the wide receiver one mountain and return his current wide receiver 14 value? Or does he even need to, to justify taking him as the 14th wide receiver in a startup? John, I will ask you that.
2: Um, No, I mean, I've got him at wide receiver 15. So I I don't think he necessarily has to be a wide receiver one, but I definitely think that's in his ceiling. I expect he'll be right there on the fringe, uh, even with bad quarterback play because of what, Trey already said that he's going to be the number one receiving option there, Uh, the number one wide receiving option, at least. So, you know, like he he's young and he's good. We know he's good. So does he need to be a solidified wide receiver one in this offense? No, but I I believe in the talent. I think he's good. And maybe a change of quarterback in the next year or so does him a lot of good and it gets him there. He's definitely got that in in it. it's definitely in his range of outcomes.
1: I'm I'm five spots higher than you are John. I've got him as my wide receiver 10. I'm actually the highest out of the four of us on DJ Moore. I think what he's shown over his first few years in the league has been the ability to command and super impressive volume in terms of his targets. And you know what, he just hasn't had the touchdowns to go along with those targets because he's played on some really shitty teams. So there is tons of touchdown regression coming his way. Maybe it doesn't happen this year, but it'll probably happen the year after that. <laughs> and and if it does happen this year, then I'm going to look even more right. And so will Mitch. So, yeah, he's been a huge buy for me all offseason. And uh, Mitch, props to you for recognizing the talent uh, uh, when you did. We should you know,
2: uh, oh, go ahead.
0: No, it's it's all good. No, I was just going to comment like it it has been trying at times, though. With these lack there of touchdowns, like right, we keep saying, well, you know, maybe next year. And I f- I feel like that's his catchphrase too, because like maybe next year, the Panthers are going to figure out the quarterback thing, but probably not. Right. So Guys, do you
1: remember Julio Jones used to never get more than six touchdowns a season. Mm-hmm. And like, there was this huge knock on him, like every single year, like don't draft Julio Jones. He never scores more than six touchdowns. And then what happened? He had double digits because he's a freaking beast. And he just commanded that volume when they finally put a good offense together. So yeah, I think DJ Moore is not Julio Jones, but he has suffered from the same uh, unlucky touchdown situation that Julio Jones did, you know, for multiple years in his career. So this is just, it's a massive buy opportunity. And if you can get him for wide receiver 15 or lower, then that's screaming value to me.
0: Well, you can't get him from me. All right. (laughs) Me neither, man. (laughs) Robbie Anderson, what's that bear doing over there? Funny guy. Uh, I can't say I want to have a single share of him, though. Uh, Does anybody want to make the bear case for our guy, Robbie?
2: He still has Sam Darnold thrown to him, correct?
0: Uh, Maybe. Again, I think we went over there. That's a hard maybe.
2: Can you imagine? Robbie Anderson, I finally escaped Sam Darnold, only to have... Sam Darnold, follow him down there, and oh, I feel so. Yeah,
1: I mean, no, there's no, there's no argument for Robbie Anderson at this point. And the funny thing is, we were using that shower nav- narrative as the reason to buy him last off. <laughs> 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 anyway, moving on. Uh Does anybody want to talk about Terrace Marshall,
0: face planner?
1: Uh, Trey. So, so yeah, I mean, Terrace Marshall is a huge, huge disappointment for me. He's a guy I had a first round uh rookie draft pick grade on last year, and obviously, he did not live up to that. So. That really sucks. Uh, the latest report is that he is competing with Rashard Higgins for the third wide receiver spot in this offense. So, I mean, it's tough to say that he's a sell because absolutely no one is buying Terrace Marshall mm-hmm. Jr. But um, the outlook is not looking good here, folks.
0: Well, if you if you took him, he's probably on your taxi. So if your league lets you hang on to him on your taxi beyond a year, then I can see justifying parking him there a little bit longer. But, I mean, you know,
1: you I mean, at cut this him, point, too. At at this point, his the hit rate on a guy like Terrace Marshall is similar to, you know, other guys coming off the waiver wire, like third-round picks in your rookie draft. So, you know, I don't know if I would, like, cut him straight up for – Khalil Shakir, but he's like down in that range for me at this point.
0: Uh, ugh, gross.
1: Yeah. An- anyway,
0: gross. anyway, tight ends. Ian Thomas, tight end fifty four, keep trade cut. Tommy Trimble. tight end thirty eight, keep trade cut. Yikes. Uh, I'm good to keep this party going. If y'all
1: are. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Mike check. I mean, let me just before you before you d- Mike check it. <laughs> <laughs> Trimble is still probably worth the stash. You know, he's going into year two. This is probably not his breakout year, right? It's probably next year, but you know, he's still athletic and he's probably gonna be their tight end one again this year.
0: Yeah, I'm good. Uh, 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 Mike's Mike Mike check. It's halftime. Nice.
2: Now, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you from It's halftime.
0: All right. Plant your flag, guys wide receiver one in Green Bay 2021 season. Who you got, John? Go first.
2: Uh, Well, I guess I'm going to take the uh, asshole answer and I'm going to say Aaron Jones, because I do think Aaron Jones is going to be Aaron Rodgers' favored receiving uh, back next year. So last year, Aaron Jones had 65 targets, which is uh, I think, you know, pretty on par with what even a guy like Cordell Patterson had last year. And Uh, I, I can't see a scenario where he gets any less than that number of targets. So I think there's a real pathway for Aaron Jones here to be not only a running back one again, but the primary receiving option in this offense, if only because, uh, they're going to be bringing along Christian Watson. Like he's not going to be, he might be that guy at the end of the year, but it's not going to be at the beginning. So they're going to lean on the vets at the beginning and I don't have a lot of faith on, in any of the other guys here. I might I might throw in a wide receiver after y'all go, but uh, I think Aaron Jones is going to be the primary receiving option there this year.
0: Breaking the rules off the bat. Love yeah. it. All right, Trey. I, I guess I didn't really give many rules. I, I'm just trying to...
2: I planted my flag. That was the rule. Yeah. I you put my flag down. wide
1: receiver one. So I, I will actually give you a wide receiver. <laughs> I do think Alan Lazard is going to be the primary wide receiver uh, receiving option oh, so for, for Aaron Rodgers uh, this year. Now, I know Lazard has gotten hyped up in the past and he's let down people. I do think that this is a little bit of a vacated target situation. And I'm not planting my flag per se because oh come on i don't i don't really believe in the talent but i do think that at the end of the year we're going to look up and we're going to be like okay this guy had the most targets and the most catches and the most yards and it's going to be lazard and that might be you know 780 (laughs) yards for seven touchdowns or whatever so not necessarily you know meaningful for your fantasy team but still you know representative of like the lead option in that offense
0: all right, fair enough. I'm going to go ahead and plant my flag, and that is Christian Watson. And I know I've been pretty big on him in our rookie preview, but for me, it's just he's he's big, strong, and fast, and if he hits, it's going to hit hard. And, you know, if he misses, that's cool too. That's that's part of the gamble here. But like I said, if, if Rodgers chooses him and if he's as good as... His draft capital might advertise then we might see the the christian watson price be the lowest that it ever is right now so i'm in guys i'm pushing my chips in mm.
2: yeah it's it's we're all gonna be wrong it's gonna be sammy watkins isn't it <laughs> yeah.
0: the lizard king oh no that, yeah. you know what I, I think we'll all retire if that happens
1: we had a good run, guys. And Mitch, I'll say this about Watson: I do think it might get worse before it gets better. If you know what I mean, like sure. he might actually, you know, come out of the gates really slow, and you might be able to do a little mid-season offer on Watson before he really uh, starts getting maybe, his maybe.
0: But I think the person that drafted him baked this into it, or at least I did. I this yeah this question at least is for the twenty twenty one season, so. I agree with you, though. I I don't think that he's just going to hit the ground running, but there's a chance that he does because there's not a Mm -hmm. whole lot of depth there at wide receiver. So, like I said, if he hits, it's going to be hard, and that's the type of gamble that I like to make. But let's get back into it, guys. Uh, Let's move to New Orleans. Let's start with the Saints. Jameis, Mr. Krabs, LASIK Winston, quarterback 24 on keep trade cut. Randy Dalton is there now, too. Cool. Uh where he is not as keep trade cut, where he remains unranked. And then we have Taysom Titan Hill. So I guess we'll talk about him in a little bit. So uh this should be the Jameis show, assuming he returns healthy from that ACL tear. Quarterback 24 seems a little low for a guy with a quarterback four overall finish. But uh I guess we're baking in the injury, so uh he also has the potential to be replaced in 2023. But in my opinion, he may be the best budget quarterback with upside if your league is stingy about selling the uh, top end quarterbacks. How are you guys valuing Jameis right now? Is he a target on your radar, John?
2: Uh, Well, I think that I'm going to agree with something you said and disagree with something you said. I definitely think he's the guy for the Saints. I don't think we're going to see Taysom Hill playing any quarterback this year, and I don't expect to see much of uh, Randy Dalton either. But that so I agree with you there. I disagree that he's the best budget quarterback you can get i think there's a few other guys i might try and go after instead like maybe jared goff uh matt ryan even uh even like a daniel jones who is uh who's kind of fallen out of favor i think i'd rather take a chance on one of those guys even baker mayfield honestly i think he's gonna no. have a shot to make a team i do i think uh, he doesn't have I would... a
0: shot to be to put up a better season than Jameis Winston's ceiling, do you think?
2: No, definitely. Not. And if we're talking ceiling, I think you're absolutely right. Because uh, we've seen Jameis Winston's ceiling. And he was actually pretty good with the Saints last year. My and my, my concern is not uh, his ability. Because I do think that he ran that offense reasonably well last year. It's just the way that uh, he he wasn't able to stay healthy. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. Maybe we we've had the injury argument before. Uh, and how it's random. But I do think that some of these other guys have, I guess, a less checkered past. And I'm more willing to spend capital to try to get a guy like that.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I would take Jameis over Jared Goff straight up because I do think, you know, Jameis Winston probably has a better chance to return QB1 value this season than Goff does. But, I could see the argument in dynasty of potentially trading off a of Jameis and getting Golf plus, you know, and and taking you know Golf at sure. cost, right? Yeah. I'm I'm slightly beho- below market here. I've got Jameis two spots lower, but um, not far enough off to uh, really make a stink about it. I do think there's some upside in this offense, and uh, Jameis Winston is probably a decent value right now. So
0: I actually have Jameis up to quarterback twenty. So I'm ahead of you guys, definitely ahead of the
1: the high guy. I'm the high
0: guy usually, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I, I have him there just because of that massive upside. And we were talking about this last year in the preview where we were talking about Michael Thomas who we're about to talk about, but Michael Thomas is very good and has had a lot of time to recover. And hopefully that is going to be a guy that can help out Jameis. But let's move to the running backs first. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara. Uh, Did you guys know that Alvin Kamara has finished as a running back one all five seasons that he's played in the NFL? It's pretty impressive. uh, Last year, he did that on only 13 games. But both of you guys have Kamara ranked outside of the top 12. And uh, let's see, Keep Trade Cut has him at 15. Mm -hmm. So will you guys please educate me on why this may be?
2: Well, I, I actually have him at 10, so I am um, I think uh, I do still have a pretty high opinion of Alvin Kamara, but I don't have as high of opinion as, as I did a year ago. I think um, the uh, mid-season, I think I traded Austin Eckler for Alvin Kamara straight up, so I got Eckler, and at the time, that kind of raised some eyebrows, but I think it's just because of the trajectory, right? I think Alvin Kamara's role is going to be consistent but it's not going to be catching 20 passes per game anymore. I, I don't think that's necessarily his role in, in the offense. I think he's going to be good enough to be another a running back one again uh, this season, but I don't necessarily see him being the running back one. I, I'm not sure that's within his realm of outcomes anymore.
1: Yeah. Agreed. He's, he's not going to be the running back one because there is a big like legal situation around Alvin Kamara right now, which I think is what is really the main driver behind his value being where it's at. There's a a big question mark if he's even going to, you know, play these first six or eight games or however long he's looking at a, a potential suspension here. So we're all kind of in a, a wait and see pattern until that gets announced. But, uh, Assuming he's out there and assuming he's playing, I think it is very fair to say he is going to put up a wide receiver one uh, game every single week, you know, so I'm I'm happy to have him in my contending offense. And I, I agree with you, Mitch. I think he's probably a buy right now and it might be better to buy now before the suspension is announced because, you know, when people find out it's only like six games or whatever, then maybe. His value actually jumps up or whatever, so yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I I I've got him at fourteen, so I'm not like significantly ahead of market, but I I would hear an argument to move him over a guy like Antonio Gibson at this point, who seems to like you know have lost all of his ceiling. Where there's still plenty of ceiling out there for Camara,
2: right? Yeah. Well,
0: I I guess the reason I still have him at ten is because of the next guys we're going to talk about here. Like Mark Ingram's the next guy on our list, right? Uh, I I had to Google to make sure that that was accurate, and uh, <laughs> it said that he's still there. So uh, he he's 32, he's a plotter, and uh, he's on a real NFL team. I don't think he should be on your fantasy team. And then we have Abram Smith, who today I realized his name was Abram. I've been calling him Abraham for well, embarrassingly too long. Close but enough, that's simply because I can't read. So. Uh, he's the undrafted free agent out of Baylor. Uh, we didn't talk about him on our rookie preview, but uh, I think what better time than now? After all, he could fall face first into some volume here in a light backfield. So we spend a fourth round pick or some fab.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. And and you know what? You've made it really far in life for not being able to learn how to read. So you know, props <laughs> to you on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think both of these guys are good values right now. They're going to get opportunities, especially with a suspension coming like i i disagree with you on ingram i think he's definitely worth a dart throw he definitely deserves to be on the end of your bench and same with abram smith like i don't know who's going to win that opportunity but it could be both of them and it could be as soon as week one if Kamara's you know out for the first six to eight weeks or whatever
0: i guess tony jones is still there right yeah he's yeah, on but, the depth
2: chart
1: yeah not uh not throwing any fab that way
0: <laughs> john anything on these dudes
2: uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised to see Taysom Hill line up in, in the backfield there and take some handoffs. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. That's,
0: that's a good point. It's a good point. He's <laughs> just move be, him around the field. He's going to be so annoying. All right, moving to <laughs> wide receivers. Taysom Hill, just kidding. All right, uh, we got <laughs> Michael Thomas, wide receiver 50, Chris Olave, wide receiver 28, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver 66, Marquez or Marquez Calloway. It's definitely one of those at wide receiver 100. Uh Traquan Smith at wide receiver 128. So, uh this math doesn't add up to me, so I'm gonna pass it off to either the math whiz Trey or the math teacher John. Uh but if Jameis has a low ball season, wouldn't it be reasonable to expect him to support two of these wide receivers in this offense? And in fact, maybe, maybe even three of these guys, like don't these numbers seem like a screaming buy to me? Uh they are all candidates that could smash their ADP. And uh I don't know. Guys, Trey, talk to me.
2: I think Jarvis Landry's definitely a candidate <laughs> to. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, no, said well, Trey. Well done. We're well all role playing today. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I, uh, with it. I defer to T- John here. Tariq is going to fix it in post. No, go ahead, Trey. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> Anywho, um, no, Mitch agreed with you, dude. uh Michael Thomas is a huge value right now. He's going to smash that wide receiver 50 ADP. Like, he. I mean, okay, so he definitely should be on your contending roster because wide receiver fifty is just not a very high you know, price to pay for a guy who not that long ago was the wide receiver number one overall. And if you look at his projections right now, like fantasy pros, they've got him at wide receiver twenty-three uh for projections for this That's season. Underdog difference. ADP, underdog ADP is a little bit lower. They've got him at wide receiver twenty-eight. But both of those sites are factoring in a lot of injury risk, you know, which means you're getting an injury risk discount. So I absolutely think that like, that's something to capitalize on. Turn it over to Alave, You guys know I was higher on Alave than, uh, you know, some of the other <laughs> guys in this pod, uh, during the rookie season. Um, I've kind of at wide receiver 29. So I'm right there uh, with the market on him. Uh, so he's a hold for me, but if you could get him over a guy like, Portland Sutton, for example, mm-hmm. who hasn't like totally proven himself in the league, then I, I like that upside there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are the two big ones for me. Landry, I think, is worth a dart throw, too. There's enough question marks with Michael Thomas and Olave that, you know, might as well see what happens with a guy like Landry at, what was it, wide receiver 66? Yeah yeah. 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 I
2: I think that that's a, basically a guarantee he's going to do better than that. In fact, I I wouldn't be real surprised this season – if it's Michael Thomas as the one, Landry as the two, and Chris mm-hmm. Olave playing mm-hmm. the, the three in the slot, like that wouldn't surprise me at all. So while I agree with you, Trey, and I've got the him ranked pretty similar, uh, Olave ranked pretty similarly to you, I'm not sure necessarily that he's going to return all that much value this season. But I uh, think that's on, okay. Yeah, he's that a that is receiver. Receiver. that's right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be a consistent option going forward, though.
1: Yeah. I think you can drop the other guys. <laughs> Agreed. I'm not interested in Marquez Callaway or uh, oh, or Smith it. anymore. I
0: thought it was Marquez. Damn it!
1: All right, Marquez. All know. right, you can Tight drop. It doesn't matter.
0: Tight end for real this time. Taysom Hill. uh We hanging on for the off chance some wacky bullshit happens again.
1: So, so I'll say this with with Taysom Hill. I can definitely see him being a weapon in the red zone. Like I could see them rolling him out in wildcat packages. Mm-hmm and and getting those opportunities and you know what at the tight end position we're chasing after touchdowns so mm-hmm. yeah why not take a stab at a guy like Taysom Hill uh i do also think that there's still life uh with Adam Troutman uh I, his value i think that's a buy opportunity as well he had a very respectable 19.8% target rate on 217 routes run last season before he went down with injuries so This is also coming into the third year breakout season Uh, and he is coming out of a small school. So we should have expected, you know, this time to develop in the NFL talent uh, Mm -hmm. as well. So if you liked a guy like Dawson Knox last year, I think it's reasonable to like a guy like Troutman this year.
0: Yeah, we advocated go get the fisherman last year. uh, And then I think he exploded and went down with an injury. But it looks like the market's not super far against him at tight end. Twenty six on keep trade cut. So that's pretty
1: low. That's pretty low for a guy who could be a breakout candidate.
0: Well, like we talk about before plenty of times on this show, like tight end 12 or tight end 13 to like 26, you can just close your eyes and rearrange them and that might be the way somebody values them. So, yeah, if he's sitting on somebody's team that doesn't give a shit about him, make a make a play for him. All right, let's go to the fighting Tom Tampa Bay Brady Buccaneers. Uh at quarterback, it's Tom Brady. His Benjamin Button ass is back for another year or ten. And uh he's the perfect candidate for pushing all your chips in for a championship run. Tommy Boy is quarterback twenty-two on Keep Trade Cut. Trey, what's the price of admission to the Tom Brady show if you're selling? All right, man.
1: I I'm I'm higher than market on him, uh, so I'm probably not selling. I just don't I don't know why you would sell them right now. Like if you have them on your roster. You're I have a good example. Contending. Say well,
0: say your team say your team is not going to cut it. You're not going to okay. compete. You're looking to rebuild. Right. You you went for it last year, whatever, and you have Tom Brady on your team. What are you looking to get for him?
1: Yeah. I mean, so the easy answer is a late first. You know, if you can get a future late first or you know, a first round pick, then I you you have to do it. Um, but he's also going in the same range as guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, so if you want to flip for a receiver, I wouldn't recommend the 30 year old, but yeah, Mike Williams is a risky bet that, you know, has like a wide range of outcomes and could return value. Um, I don't know. I I, it, I imagine he's probably on your contending roster and he, it probably makes sense just to ride him off in the sunset at this point.
0: Fair enough. Go down with the ship. I mean, John, are you expecting another top five quarterback finish?
2: I I mean, he's immortal, right? So, like, why not? And they've returned almost every single piece around him. So uh, that's definitely what Tampa Bay is expecting. So, um, you know, if he's if he's on your contending roster, it's easy. But if he's if you're if you're not contending, trying to rebuild sure late first is great but not there's probably not a huge market for that you know if you can get like a second and a third i wouldn't hate it but uh there's no way he plays beyond this season right i know i said that like exactly a year ago i don't know
1: man (laughs) i don't know man i know i know he got that fat contract with fox sports or whatever right i I could see him bro if he loses the fucking
0: super bowl this year you're telling me he's gonna go out on an l you kidding me it's not gonna happen yeah all right apparently
1: uh, <laughs> apparently this dude hates spitting time with his family right he was retired for like three weeks right? three whole
2: weeks yeah it's like yeah.
1: whoa this is retirement nope <laughs> this sucks
0: never mind Pass. all right let me trash you guys this is ayo uh, is kyle trask worth a roster spot
2: no oh wait <laughs> no no he's not Trey? no
1: Uh, I'll say yes, just because I do think there's a value bump coming if and when Brady ever does decide to hang it up.
2: Okay, but yeah, play that to Gabbert instead of Trask.
1: Blaine, yo, Gabba, Gabba, Gabbert,
0: uh, yo, Dabba, Dabba, do not roster is what I wrote down and I'm sticking (laughs) with that joke. Do not fucking do Uh, it. No, he's not the guy. Okay. Running back, Lenny, Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny is one of my favorite players and I'm the lowest on the pod, of course. Running back 23 is where I got him. And things changed quickly in the Dynasty world. Uh, Last year, when we did this, Lenny was ranked 36 on Keep Trade Cut. But that was with Ronald Jones in the picture. And now that he's out of town and Brady's back for infinity, are we still undervaluing Lenny? I mean, after all, he's on the roster through the 2024 season with a sizable cap hit if he's cut. And, uh, I mean, what, he was running back 7 last year?
2: So... There were Austin Eckler and Najee Harris. I don't think anybody's going to be surprised to hear that they each had 94 targets, both had 70 or higher receptions. Leonard Fournette was third with 84 targets and 69 receptions. Like incredible. That was so not the Leonard Fournette that we thought. Um, And I mean, if that's the way they're going to use him, then there is really no reason for him to do anything but repeat what happened last season. So so uh, what are I, we
0: all doing?
2: I I don't know. That's it's it's such Why a weird. Why can't we situation? move him up?
0: Like there's something going on. Trey, could you can you help I, us figure out what the hell we're doing?
1: I I don't know, man. I mean, he's he's my uh, running back twenty one. So out of the three of us, I'm technically the highest. Uh, <laughs> I think you know he's a super strong buy for contenders. I don't know that I would bet on him lasting more than two more full seasons in the nfl but, but that's you know, a good that, bet
0: for a running back i mean if you that can, can get be all you two need. great seasons mm-hmm. from a running
1: back that could be all you need because i would i would project him to finish in the top 10 this year as well in yeah. that system with as many touchdowns as they're going to score with as many opportunities as he's going to get i think he's another lock for a top 10 season
0: so i think i think we should all take a little a brainstorm here uh, Ooh, and let's do it Tune in next week for our updated Leonard Fournette rankings because I don't think we're doing it right. I think that this conversation and just looking into it, like there's there's no way we're doing them dirty.
2: You can't get 69 receptions and not be the running back one.
1: Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, but uh, does he does he belong over a guy like David Montgomery? That that I think is like I it, think does, so. Does he pass the Montgomery line? I think you so. Know?
0: And I'm a Montgomery guy. But Lenny has an upside, I think, with this offense that Montgomery doesn't have with the Bears right now. So, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, who are you more confident in scoring in the, the exactly. top 10 this year, right? And it's not like
0: Montgomery's. Well, done I was just
1: going to say, it's not like we're going to project Monty to be the starter after this season, right? Unless things go like horribly wrong in uh chicago exactly
0: well let's move on uh rashad white so i guess that would be the reason to maybe back off leonard fournette i mean he showed pass catching ability out of the backfield at arizona state uh he's ranked running back 35 overall on keep trade cut and uh i figure he'll slide right in behind lenny out of the gates ahead of giovanni bernard so from a fantasy perspective what are we expecting from Rashad White in year one, maybe like a snap percentage? And uh, where are we taking him in rookie drafts? Where are we buying him, Trey?
1: So from a snap percentage, I wouldn't put him higher than 40% of snaps, right? So he's probably in that 25 to 35% range. But I think this offense is going to be good enough. And I think Rashad White is talented enough to make Gio... Uh, obsolete. And I think Rashad White can be a strong flex option this year. So he's going to score some touchdowns. I think he can come in on passing downs with his pass blocking ability. He's going to get plenty of opportunities. So I think he can be a strong flex player on your contending roster, at least a bi-week fill-in in in PPR settings.
2: I am definitely the low guy here on Rashad White with uh, my ranking of 41. And that's because uh, it's it's because of Keyshawn Vaughn, not because Keyshawn Vaughn is good, and I'm worried about him, but because of what happened to Keyshawn Vaughn, who could not <laughs> pass block, and he couldn't catch the passes, and Tom Brady just basically buried him. So that's what I'm. That's my only concern. Uh and Trey, you said that you have faith in his uh pass blocking, and I and I trust you on that, but. I, I wanna make sure that he can survive the uh whatever Tom Brady does to rookies to destroy them. So <laughs> uh,
1: You're once, taking the wait and see approach.
2: Yeah, once that happens, I think I'd be more on board. But for now, I feel like uh I'm much happier to plant a flag in Leonard Fournette instead.
0: Gotcha. 35 is a little high. Like if I don't if I don't score him in the rookie
1: draft, I don't think I'm gonna be making a move for him at that price. I love the value at uh the early second round in rookie drafts right now i think i've got him on two or three squads
0: <laughs> yeah i think i saw that happen when uh Pickett got sniped from you
1: yeah, now i was perfectly okay with that <laughs> <laughs> all right pickens well, not Pickett. yeah whatever pick same, same guy dude same same, team. same guy same team exactly
0: all right wide receiver big mike evans wide receiver 27 on keep trade cut And he's as big and as Mike as he's ever been coming off two fully healthy wide receiver one seasons in a row. And he might be in store for a wide receiver one overall season with Godwin on the mend. There I said it. There's another flag plant. Uh, Keep trade cut. Like I said, has him at 27. You guys have him in a similar range. I got him at wide receiver 22 at 28 years old. You guys are starting to back off. Is that what's going on here? Or uh, well, why you guys have him that far down?
2: Uh, my my thing with Mike Evans was the the uh, touchdowns, right? So he had the 14 touchdowns, which was an insane number. Uh, the he had over a thousand yards rushing, so it's not like he was doing terrible or anything. But I feel like that number of 14 touchdowns to get him to be in that wide receiver one range just isn't likely to happen. Again, the age, I mean, 28 is fine. That's like, that's not too old for a wide receiver. I just, even with Godwin out, I just don't see a way that he just snipes all those touchdowns again. So I'm a little bit lower.
0: The classic. The touchdowns must regress from Mike Williams' argument, man. <laughs> Mike no, Evans, yeah, yeah, no, Mike, Mike, Williams, Mike uh, Evans, yeah. We're we're fucking up. I mean, you did no, say rushing yards, but you know who am whatever. I? Whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're, we're, we're letting it
1: slide, man. Quality control is out today, so it's all <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, uh, I, I, think I feel like go. he's listening somewhere. <laughs> he's gonna pipe in here. At love some point. this and in, uh, in editing, but uh, no, look, uh, I'm. First off, John and I are ahead of market on Mike Evans. All all three of us are. So like none of us are like fading the guy. All right. 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 I'm absolutely calling him a buy as well. I think like in this offense, like he absolutely has like top 12 upside. And you know what, Mitch? I'm with you. I'm done saying the touchdowns are going to regress with Mike Evans. Like for anybody else in the NFL. Sure. But not for this guy.
0: I'm just trying to rile you guys up to keep the energy up, boys. You know,
1: I'm riled. Yeah. I, yeah, I strong, I, strong buy. I, I got riled. John
0: riled up. That's all we needed. So
1: uh... let me, let me, let me throw this out there before we move on to Godwin. I was in a startup about a month or two ago and it came down to about the, like round eight, round nine. And I was sitting like right ahead of the turn and I had the opportunity to double click on Tom Brady and Mike Evans. Oh my God. And that just, that just like took my roster from like Zero to a hundred real quick, so yeah, damn. Um, that that was a game changer and i I think you know this guy's the limit for both of these guys. I think they will be top twelve, both of them will be top twelve at the position this year. Amen, well, to
0: Godwin we go in Godwin we trust, I've been saying all off season though that counting on Godwin to help your fantasy team this year would be having too high of expectations and uh. The market and Trey doesn't give a fuck about what I think or have to say, Uh, keeping him at wide receiver 18, which seems to bake in all of that optimism. So uh, that said, uh, I think the price is still going to drop a little bit, perhaps outside of the top 25 uh, after a slow start to the season. So uh, preach to us, good sir. Why must we
1: believe in Godwin? I mean, we know he's certifiably good. So we don't have to worry about that. And we we know that there's an injury discount right now, you know? So like if if he hadn't gotten hurt, we know his price would be higher, right? And we expect him to come back healthy and, and productive as he was. So yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see Godwin in the second half of this season. He may not be 100%, but we're going to see him. And, you know, I'm not going to like sell him. Uh, at, you know, wide receiver 18 value. I think that's like a strong hold opportunity mm-hmm. and and you're getting an injury discount right now. So may, it may even be a buy.
2: You know, who uh, we, we're talking about Mike Evans and not regressing And Mike Evans was really consistent, right? He was at 16.4 points per game last year, which was a top 12 performance. But Chris Godwin, he was three spots higher and he was pulling just above yeah. 17 points per game. So, when he's on the field, he's probably the better option. Um, so, yeah, if you can take advantage of that discount, I'm all about that. I'm the high man here. I've got Godwin right on the fringe of my wide receiver ones. I've got him at 13. He's still young. He's still got that overall wide receiver one as his ceiling. He's done it before. So, yeah, if if I can take advantage of the injury discount, then I am. My, my issue is... If I'm a little nervous about that, trying to move him, I think would be really difficult right now, um, just because other people are factoring in the injury discount as well. So I I, I value him higher, uh, so I'm not necessarily trying to move him right now if he's on my roster.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I actually have Chris Godwin in a league that I'm co-managing with both of you guys, and <laughs> the league with John, uh, we are just tearing down this team. And we've fielded a few offers with Chris Godwin involved and nothing feels right like the price right Right. now. It's just there's no reason nobody's going to nobody's going to pay the price that he can achieve again in this season. But
1: no, why? Why would you sell low? Right, no, he wouldn't. I He's like I said. I
0: just think that it's it's going to go a little lower. It's not that I'm out on Chris Godwin. I just think that it's going to go a little down before it goes back up.
2: I his price to me is a twenty three first plus a wide receiver two, and I just don't think you can get that Ooh, right now. Spicy, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the reason I think his price is going to go down is because of a wide receiver I hate, and that's Russell Gage at wide receiver sixty three. And despite being a bad football player, he inked a three-year, $30 million contract with Tampa Bay. Sheesh, uh, I'm a big no thanks. But if you like to play with fire, I think you could profit off of Gage because of the Godwin situation. Buy him now, flip him uh, before week four or whenever Godwin's going to be coming back. And you might get a little value bump, but it's too risky for my blood. Uh, Either of you guys want to take a walk on the wild side?
2: I mean,
1: he, so we just talked about Jarvis Landry, uh, who's valued similarly to gauge right now. Uh, Gage is a younger player. I think he's going to give you usable weeks. He is a bi-week fill in on a contending roster. Uh, He doesn't present any sort of upside beyond that. So no, I, I don't. It just depends on how you want to, you know, allocate assets here. If you want that depth of the position, then sure, why not? But if you expect him to like accrue a lot of value, then it's not going to happen.
0: Well, I like that, Trey. I mean, from a roster construction standpoint, it right. does have value if you're making a contending run, like to just bottom out your wide receiver room. But otherwise, if if you're in the middle or below, don't waste your time. I think that's yeah, just exactly. because he's young. Don't waste your time. Exactly. All right. Tight ends closing the show we got Gronkowski i think maybe. maybe perhaps cameron Brait, and uh k. otten or k. otten i know uh,
2: i like well, it cuz when you you just abbreviate it to c otten it's cotton so that's ah, look cool. at that
0: that's cool all right <laughs> calling him <laughs> strategy i'm He's cotton. I'm, assu- I'm assuming gronk is coming back but let's say he doesn't uh, are these other guys worth a shit
1: I mean, Brait is probably going to get stashed. Uh, I don't see guys just leaving him on the waiver wire with all these question marks around Gronk. Uh, I don't personally believe in the upside with Brait. Like, I I don't know if he's going to give you usable weeks uh, as a a week fill in or not. So I may just let my, uh, you know, league mates waste the roster spot on that dude. With Kate Otten, though, I mean, this was a guy that I liked during the uh, rookie eval process. He was drafted with the first pick in the fourth round by the Bucks. He's a rookie out of Washington. Uh, he put up some decent production in the Pac-12. And he's not the most athletic guy, but he's in a great spot to develop. So I think he's worth a stash on your taxi squad. I, I think he could do a lot worse than a guy like Otten, who... Probably could be an every down starter once he uh once he develops.
2: Yeah, he's your prototypical third year breakout. You stash him now and you you circle it in a few years.
1: Mm, sure. Well,
0: uh as a Gronk manager myself, I have him in too many leagues. Uh I do have a little bit of value in Brait for myself. Just, you know, until Gronk says anything about coming back, I, I don't mind holding on to Brait for a little bit, but I'm probably going to drop him for somebody better eventually, so yeah, I wouldn't hate it if you dropped him.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't heard of the latest news on Gronk yet, but. Uh,
0: I'm sure, well, training camp's still going on, right? I think uh, that needs to come to a OTAs, close before. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's chilling, man. Alright guys, uh, thanks for listening to this episode of The Long Game. Tune in next week when we talk about the AFC South so basically we're just going to talk about the Titans for 45 minutes and we'll uh, sprinkle in some Colts and Texans, maybe even some Jags. We'll see you next week guys we got Goodbye Bye. Goodbye No I ain't Nowhere. I- I-